What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to With Her Two Hands, the weekly show where we celebrate women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go round. And today I'm really excited. We're going to be having a little bit of a group conversation. Normally we're one-on-one convos, but we're broadening our horizons here and we're going to be doing a little group conversation because I've got two incredible women who are not technically trades women themselves, but they are both tackling ginormous projects um, coming from completely different areas of life as far as their background goes, tackling two very different types of projects and learning as they go, figuring it out. And I'm really interested to hear their perspective, their experience of tackling a big project like this, as well as um, just their experience interacting with the automotive industry and the rest of us crazy trade folks that they're having to interact with as they take on these builds. So it'll be very interesting to hear their two perspectives. Before I ask them to join in, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us here each week. Um, Remember, you can always go back and and listen to all the past episodes on uh, any place where you listen to podcasts. Um, and then you can watch some of the past episodes right here on YouTube. We live stream every Wednesday and we're going to be sharing a archive episode every Monday night. So twice a week, you get to listen to some awesome inspirational stories from women in the trades from all over the world, not just the US, but all over the world. Um, really excited also to thank our partner drive time they have been a huge support in helping this podcast series continue and grow and they do a ton to bring more people into the trades creating great entry points for people to start off on their career and find their niche and where they are going to find their home within the industry so big thanks to them and without further ado drum roll please i'm going to bring our two guests for the day we have miss sky and we have miss Anne. Hello, ladies. Hey, how's it going? Hello. How are you you guys both doing? Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing well. (laughs) All right. Very cool. So let's start out with first things first. Let's have each of you introduce yourselves and and tell everybody what you do in your like normal life, (laughs) uh, your full-time gig and um, and what your project vehicle is. And then we'll then we'll dive deep. Sky, why don't you start us off? Okay, so my name is Sky, and I'm in Tucson, Arizona. Um, my normal life, normal being normal, is that what you meant? Like <laughs> what I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I um, I work in cancer diagnostics. I work as a biomedical science um, scientist, and what we're doing is developing specific diagnostics to pair with certain types of drugs that would be. Um, given to people who are eligible for those drugs. So we can diagnose and then treat. Um, we don't do the treating. We're the developers. We're part of a, a large global group that does this. And we partner with other pharma partners. So it's it's quite fun. So what you're saying is that you are not even remotely related to the automotive industry. Not at all. No, <laughs> I mean, I drive, a, I drive to and from work on occasion. <laughs> that's That's... That's uh, and I see cars parked in, in the in the lots, but that's it. That's as close as it gets to being involved in it. All right, awesome. I love it. All right, let's uh, let's hear from Annie. What is what is your regular daytime gig? Well, 
Sky already sounds so much cooler than I do. Oh, I, <laughs> compared to her, I just do silly things. <laughs> so, I don't believe so that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm up here in uh, Canada and in Alberta, in Southern Alberta. And uh, I've kind of found myself doing a lot of things, but the latest thing that I'm doing, and it's always kind of hard to explain, you might have follow-up questions, um, but I make uh, replica prop helmets yeah. for Star Wars collectors and cosplayers. So it's a really, really weird sort of industry and market to be in. And so usually when people ask me what I do, I just say, oh, I just make stuff for people because that's the easier thing to say. <laughs> because it's kind of hard for people to wrap their brains around kind of what I do. But that's what I do. And... I ship all over the world and um, I do have other side work as well, but that's kind of my main thing that keeps me busy other I than this <laughs> other stupid thing that I'm doing. So you're a maker in a lot of ways, like yeah, automotive sure. maybe a little bit of an outlier and a newcomer to this whole thing, but you've been a maker and a builder for, for some time. Yes. Yeah. Forever. I think. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think it's weird. I mean, you're talking to a scientist who has, we're surrounded by a bunch of other scientists and we fit into this certain group that like to go to com Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, no, you're right in the right we demographic of probably all of my customers. <laughs> probably, yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So I have to ask, when when for both of you was your first, like, interaction with actually working on cars? Well, I'll go first. My first interaction was actually with my mom. Um, she was a single mom and when things had to get done, she had to do it. And that's just the nature of the way she was, the way she was raised. She was raised um, in a farm family where everybody built their own everything they invented, they did everything themselves. And so she continued that on. I saw it as a young child. Um, I didn't continue on in that direction, but it was just always, it was a normal thing for us to have to check the oil and do this and do that and change the tires. It was normal. Okay. How about you, Annie? Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything uh, before what I'm doing now. And I'm, I'm certain that my dad probably showed me how to do some things. And with my first vehicle, which was a Volkswagen, I was certainly showed how to change the oil. <laughs> like that was shown me, mm -hmm. but I'm not <laughs> sure if I ever did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And both of you have like some insane builds going on. Like these mm -hmm. are, this is not just like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, put some wheels on my car. This is like, I'm gonna do a complete rebuild, a complete revitalization. Um, do do we, we let's pull up? Can we pull up a picture of of our two projects? Let's see. Um, yeah, what we so got let me here? See here. All right. So, oops, oops I just removed it. What happened? Okay. <laughs> okay, you you control it. There we go. So this this is I'll your start. build, Sky. Tell us about yes. this car and how. How, how did this become like not just a car that you owned, but the a car that you were like, you know what? I don't really know about cars, but I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. So 
So one thing that I've, I've always wanted to do is restore a car. That was something that was just interesting to me. And then I, re I was recalling as I was thinking about this, this chat was that I want, I don't know why this came up, but I wanted to do a restore a 72 Cutlass. <laughs> I don't know why. And I haven't said that in a long time, but um, what happened. So I have two kids and they are adult kids now. They're 23 and 24. And I noticed as a single mom, they're leaving the house and now I have like nothing to do. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out, okay, what hobbies can I do? And I knit and, you know, I've done dabbled in other things. Um, but with this, I happened to be um, with my uncle and kept asking him, you know, what's going on with the Z? So this is this uh, 1978 280Z was my aunt's. She bought it in 1978. She bought it brand new. And I remember we couldn't go into the car. We couldn't touch it. We couldn't play around it. Like it was fancy, fancy, fancy. And there was touching it. And over time and over years, you know, she got a new car and this sat and another cousin of mine used it for a bit and then it sat and then somebody else used it and sat. And my uncle got the idea of starting to restore it and put it back together. And then he retired and it was just, it's a large project. And as we were talking about it, I was like, you know, time. I don't know. So, um, you're looking into it. Are you're cutting out a little bit, Sky? I don't know. I don't know if that's just me. Annie, are you okay. hearing her cutting out too? Just a little bit, cutting out just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, she's she's back and back and forth. Okay. Also, also down. <laughs> <laughs> are you? You're maybe just talking too oh, fast. Yeah. Well, here I know. I can do. No, I know what I can do. I could be talking too fast. I do that too. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely a, the a, there we go. a reception okay. thing. All right. We back? I think we're good. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. So it was my answer. My uncle, my uncle um, said that I could work on it. No problem. And so I received it. Now it had been sitting in the sun for, I think about 10 years, maybe 10 years plus when I got it. And so everything, but there was hardly any rust on it, but everything plastic gone. And similar to like, I've heard that the working on a VW, you have access to a lot of parts. Um, you can find things pretty easily. It's not extremely expensive and it's the same with the Z. Nissan it has a, still has parts that they've reused over and over again. So I can find them. There are people who are love Z's and the Z hobby. Um, so that's, that's how I got it. That's how I got started. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, we, we still haven't really like, con like gotten to like what kind of gave you the like yes i can totally take this oh. on but let's but we'll come back to that <laughs> let's get let's let's show annie's build and you can tell us a little bit about hey. what you have going on annie with go. your volkswagen oh well that's easy i have a big mess going on <laughs> <laughs> I bought this stupid thing <laughs> Oh. I'm just kidding. I love her. I love her. She's my soulmate. <laughs> so how did she come about? How how did this bug 
like I know I I'm you're my soul sister in this because I think air cooled Volkswagens are the gateway drug to getting into they're cars. They're the best. They're the best. And yes, like if you own one, you have to learn how to work on them because yeah. they break a lot, and they're just they're the gateway drug. So for yeah. you, this is also true. My first build was a Volkswagen Bug. Your first build was a Volkswagen Bug. Why the Bug? How okay. did you decide that? Like, hi, okay. I'm a person with no experience. <laughs> I'm going to restore a Volkswagen bug. Tell us a story. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> so my first my first vehicle was a 1971 Super Beetle. And I loved it, but I also didn't love it. It, You know, as a new driver, there's some things about those old cars that, you know, maybe a young driver shouldn't be driving those cars. But uh, going into, like, university, we had sold it. And I had always known that a Volkswagen would come back into my life. And that I would restore one one day. But, you know, life just kind of like happens and you get busy doing other things. And then, you know, you look into it and you get really overwhelmed by all the information and all the things that you don't know. And so I think I just put it off and put it off and put it off. And then uh, my husband came home. My husband, Rob, came home one day and he said, and he's known for forever that I've wanted to restore a Volkswagen. And he came home one day and he said, I'm gonna go look at a Volkswagen. And I said, okay, <laughs> you go look at one. <laughs> because at that point I thought it's too late. I'm just not, you know, I'm, I, I was, I just turned 39. I was staring like 40 in the face. <laughs> and I kind of thought I'm just, it's, it's too late for me to do it. But he went and looked. So how I got into it was I was kind of forced into it because my husband bought it. And then he said, here you go. Time to restore it. Have I fun. <laughs> love it. Okay. I absolutely love, and I don't know how to control this. So bear with me here, guys. All right. <laughs> so I, I love too that both of you kind of came to this a little bit later in life, right? Because Sky, you didn't, um, the Z didn't come into your life until after your kids were grown, right? Right, right. Exactly. And to your like thinking about, could I do something like this? I had no idea. I really didn't, mm -hmm. but I wanted to take on the challenge. I wanted to learn something new. I wanted to kind of spark creativity in mm -hmm. a way. So yeah, so it did I, come later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like it, it was, I think for me, it came at the right time because I can't imagine doing this earlier and doing any kind of a good job. But for me, it was kind of the same thing. It was the let's spark something. Let's learn something new. I'm ready to learn something new. And I've always wanted to learn all this stuff. I'm just getting a lot more of it than I thought I was going <laughs> to But I think it's interesting because both of you, like, you both had this idea even beforehand, like that I've, I've always wanted to restore a car. Maybe it was a different car for you, Sky, or like, and you kind of like always had this, there's mm -hmm. going to be another Volkswagen in my life. Like, where did that, where did that come from for you? I mean, we got a little hint at it with you, Sky, with you kind of grew up with that. We just make, we do things, right? But, we do things, yes. <laughs> but to go from, from, yes, I know how to check my oil and I can do things if I need to, to, I want to restore a car and, and Annie, like from, I want to, I want to own a VW <laughs> I want another bug to now I'm going to completely down to the metal, take this apart. Do you have, do you know where that came from for you both? 
well, yeah, I know for me, it just for forever, I've always just been taking things apart <laughs> just so I can put them back together. <laughs> yeah. And I've been cutting things. <laughs> um, definitely. Um, and I've been always interested in the sciences. And with that goes like trying to troubleshoot and solve problems. Yes. And even, Absolutely. Yeah. You want to know how things work, right? And you want to have a puzzle to put together and something that's going to like, I don't know. I just, yes. I just love the whole puzzle of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think that's like one of the things that I wish I could communicate like to more women. And like, I mm. hope, I hope comes across in this, right? Is that like, it's no matter what you're working on, whether it's building a house or making a blanket or building a car or doing science or math problems. Like it's all puzzles. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. all the same process. And like, I don't know, I like I, in my side life, like I crochet, which is considered like this weird old lady hobby. I know, see, you made the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been told, I've been told on my Instagram to, to stick with knitting, so. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent, Annie. Stick with knitting. <laughs> hey, hey, knitting is cool too, but um <laughs> but it's you know, it's that same satisfaction I feel like of I I'm taking something that's nothing, a ball of yarn, and mm -hmm. turning it into something mm -hmm. material. I'm mm -hmm. taking something that's nothing, a stack of wood, and turning it into a deck, or I'm taking metal and I'm turning it into a fender. Like it's all yeah. like this same satisfaction of seeing it all come together. And I I think that is a completely non-gendered thing. And yet mm -hmm. it's really interesting that we've kind of in our society kind of gendered certain types of making, right? Right. Oh, very true. Very true. And what everything that you're talking about is like tangible stuff. You can feel it in your hands. You can you can use your two hands like like your podcast and your live stream. You it's like we get to to touch something to change it. Sometimes in the sciences, I don't we don't get the luxury of that because we're looking in, in tiny little vials and just assuming that what's in there is a bunch of DNA. Um, so we don't actually get to, we're just making this assumption based off of somebody else's calculation. And it's not necessarily tangible. It's like I want to get my hands dirty. I want to be able to 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 just move something, change something, fix yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And and I can relate to that too, Sky. But in mine is before I was doing this Star Wars stuff, I did a lot of I created a lot of stuff in a digital space. So it was a lot of right. digital space. You cannot touch that stuff. And I think I got really burnt out of it because it's just it just felt after a while creating in that digital space like you're wearing a straitjacket and you mm. want to get out and like do something so that yeah. I feel very much the same way of what I mean we're totally different like but same feeling yeah, <laughs> yeah. that tangible that that changing something and yeah. to, to see something go from I mean I was looking at some of your pictures Annie and you have wow a lot of like metal work to do I don't have as much but I have this interior that's shot mm -hmm. and to be able to see the changes and to progress to make mistakes and then to okay, no, I, I can't do it that way again. I have to change it. But not having that pressure of a deadline, I don't have to get anywhere. I don't have yeah. to, right? We have, we have no bosses to satisfy. <laughs> we can just do what we want when we want. We can yeah. screw it up and break things and uh, we only yeah. have ourselves to be bad about. Exactly, yep. 
it's kind of freeing. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. It, and then and then you break a, a vault in a head and you have to have it. No, what is I broke I broke a tap. That was what that's what it was. Oh yeah. I broke a tap and then you're the, in Yeah, I was in trouble. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious for both of you. Has your experience thus far matched your expectations? Like, is it what you always like hoped and wanted it to be? Is it harder than you thought? Is it is it easier than you thought? Is the industry more scary, less scary? Like, what has your been been your experience compared to your expectations? If you had any, my expectations. Oh, I, I, it was going to be done in in a year. It was going <laughs> to be easy. I was just going to go in there and clean it out, and it was going to be no problem. And I wouldn't need parts. And then things changed. <laughs> and I found one part, needed another part, and then all of a sudden I thought, "Well, this is an automatic Z. What if I upgrade it to a manual?" Like it just started to continue and go, go, go. Um, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so that's really the truth of how you got in to a deep, big project, is that you didn't yeah. think it was a d- big, deep project. <laughs> Not at all. And then it turned into what? <laughs> yeah, then you got the disease called, while I'm here, I might as well. Exactly, exactly. You know what we could do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, how about you, Annie? I think the, I mean, it's actually been way funner than I thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be fun, but I'm having like the time of my life. (laughs) I love that. But as far as expectations, I think um, it's taking about as long as I thought it was going to take. So I'm, let's see, I'm like 28 months into it and, and somehow incredibly, a hundred month, I like a hundred of those months has been like body work. Like I'm just stuck in body work. Twenty eight months, but a hundred of them have been. A hundred of those yep. months is like body work. And I had someone say they said, "Oh yeah, once you're in body work, you're gonna feel like you're in jail," and that's how it feels. Like there's no end in sight. So that's one thing that I thought I was like, "Oh yeah, body work, that'll be easy." No, it takes so long. I've been doing it since August, and I think it's gonna take till next august to get now it when you say body work are you talking like the metal work or are you having yeah. like body filler everything everything okay so wait well, till okay, you get so, into the so filler I'm just work metal work right now i'm just doing all the oh. rest of her. i haven't even gotten to that part no wait till Ooh. you get to, to body work you're in metal work which it which there's like a a like the more time you spend on metal the less time you spend on filler mm. right but mm-hmm. either way like, i don't know there's a the filler that is that is when you are like wow this never ends oh good i'm so glad thank you <laughs> and it'll look like they're like a cocaine factory exploding uh, in your yeah. yeah you have to wear yeah oh my goodness yeah. so how are you learning all of this for for both of you I'll ask this question how are you because neither of you came to this with a ton of experience or a ton of knowledge you're taking on metal work you're doing body work Sky, I've seen you tackle all sorts of crazy things, like from yeah. completely refurbishing your dash and figuring out how to do that to diagnosing problems on the engine that like is totally outside of your knowledge base. How are you how are you learning? So the first thing I did was find the the FSM. <laughs> I was looking for the manual. Not just the, the Chilton's manual, but the the mechanics manual, like where you have all the details. Yeah. And so 
it granted it was written in the 70s so it's a little still abbreviated but then access to youtube and looking for other people who are doing the same thing in, in little bits you know the dash restoration i think is my favorite part of the whole build right now because i learned something that was super cool and it came out really nice and it was just from one video and then i found other people who were doing the same thing afterwards so YouTube. Um, and then I got, I mean, you know, my secret is that I, it's not really a secret, <laughs> but working with Girl Gang, I've been able to now take lessons from everybody that's there, the professionals that come in and learning like metalwork. Oh my goodness. I love metalwork. I can't, I, I have nothing to do on my Z for metalwork. Cause it's, there's nothing. That's so I, lucky. And I, nothing, well, cause it's not rusted. I have everything plastic to do and everything like, you know, the engine is. You perfect. might need to go visit Annie and help her out with the metal work. Yeah, and then yeah. she'll return the favor and come right. help you with other stuff. Right. <laughs> if you so, want to learn, I have so much you can do. I worked on, so I, I've been working with Bogey on the, on the Volvo build. And that's where I did a lot, learned a lot of metal work. And then just asking questions and asking this doesn't sound right. And then I hear a, did you check the vacuum? If you, you might have a vacuum leak. And I'm like, okay. And I just keep that in the back of my head and then I'll just search it on the internet and look it up later. What's a vacuum leak and what does it cause? And do I have this? <laughs> yeah. How about you, Annie? Uh, much the same, I think. So I started with, I rebuilt the chassis and then I rebuilt the engine and everything for me started with the service manual. I would just start reading in the service manual and I get to something that I don't understand. And then you go to Google, YouTube, and you start, you know, contacting some, uh, I made some contacts with some, some guys that <clears throat> uh, have really been helpful with the build and stuff like that. So it's all, it's much the same. It's, you know, you start with the service manual and then you branch out where your, where your learning needs to go sort of thing. I I, I feel like I, I say this a lot to people and like, I'm so glad that you both said this, that the owner's manual and the factory manual, like there's so much information. <laughs> everything. I mean, everything's there. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. And yeah. all, I mean, what's funny is, is I start reading forums and then as I'm gaining knowledge and I see somebody that puts some wrong information in there, like, for instance, well, if you have a 78Z, you need to change the catalytic converter. Well, it didn't come with the catalytic converter. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to just start getting into the, I don't, I mean, I know I'll go down the road if I do that, but I want to get in there and be like, you're wrong, but I'm not going to do it. So I just need to learn. I, well, I think that's what intimidates a lot of people. So I'm glad you brought that up. Like, I think a lot of folks who who don't have a lot of background in automotive but want to get into it, they want to be doing what you guys are doing, mm -hmm. but they're fearful of the misinformation and how do I how do I tell the difference between mm -hmm. the right stuff and the wrong stuff? And then, like, I've heard this from other hobbyists and, and newbies. Tell me if you guys have experienced this. This. Like, you know, you bring up that you want to do a project. And of course, all the experienced folks, <clears throat> mostly men, um, are like, you know what you need to do. Oh. And then and, and everybody has their ideas of what you should do. And then if you hear one person say, this is what you need to do. And then somebody else says the complete opposite. <clears throat> and you don't have any frame of reference to make sense of all of this. Like, I feel like that's really overwhelming for a lot of people. Have you guys experienced that? And how did you deal with it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll, and you'll start real quick. 
I learned what an LS swap was. <laughs> like I never, I had never heard that before. And I'm I don't like, even know what it is. <laughs> I had men telling me, and it was most of it was all men. Oh, just I put an LS in there. A what? I, and then I kept hearing this. Well, it's an LS swap. It's just just take take that engine out and put an LS. In. What is LS? Look at me split. What does LS mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But I didn't tell them I didn't know. I was embarrassed to not know. Right? Yeah. Very. Yeah. Because because the industry doesn't really do well with uh, people who don't know. No. Yeah. No. I, I... So you would just not admit to not knowing and then go like oh. research it in the dark of the night. No, actually, I asked somebody at the garage, at Girl Gang Garage, oh. I, think it was, I asked Crystal, I'm like, that's an LS, or I asked somebody else, what is this? <laughs> that's, so, Annie, if you still don't know what an LS swap yeah, is. Yeah, please, I'm waiting. <laughs> yes, so, so an LS is a type of engine, and it's a very common swap that people do because it's a modern engine that has like all of the modern amenities um, right. and there's a lot of aftermarket support for it and there's right. a lot of like plug and play so yeah. it, there's there was like a whole big thing where just it's ls everything just you know you've got a volkswagen put an ls in it you've got a bmw put an ls in it there you, you gotta, go okay. anything put an ls in it all and right. then it would I'm, put a coyote in it and then it's put a hellcat everybody's got like their ideas of what engine you should put in it but mm -hmm. um but yeah that was like that's that's the big joke is that LS everything LS the world right right <laughs> oh all right so so how about how about for you Annie how has this experience been uh it's been good mostly because I don't I don't tell anybody my business <laughs> <laughs> I mean you say that but you're all you over have... social media you're oh, yeah. sharing your build yeah. like... you have a great and you have a great presence on Instagram well, for sure in your great great people following me and they're very actually mostly very respectful um nice. mostly it's the random people that just like to kind of drop in and cause chaos and then they're like see ya um yeah. but mostly people have been very just like and and it's on instagram it's not i would be reacting very differently if someone was like saying that to my face but on instagram Remember, everyone, you don't have you don't you're not obligated to give them anything. <laughs> you don't have that obligation to respond or even listen to what they're saying. Yes. But there have been also plenty of times where I've used Instagram as a tool to like troubleshoot things yeah. where I'll I'll show them the problem. And I say, I don't really know what I'm looking at or, you know, I'm hearing a sound in a wheel. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Do I need to do this and this and that? And most of the time I will get the answer. And so you can crowdsource. I mean, Instagram is a great, I mean, it is good and also bad for that. You can crowdsource and get like a hundred different answers on a hundred different things and no one can agree. But sometimes, you know, you can weed that all out and kind of try and find the right answer. I found things a lot easier when I only had 500 followers <laughs> because I knew that there were, you know, a dozen guys in there that mm -hmm. would respond and they were the guys that actually knew what they were doing. It's now that things have kind of grown that I'm like, okay, what are the idiots going to say today? Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's got it. That's got to be intense. Like I can't imagine 
putting yourself out there and learning publicly in the, in the way that I think it's awesome. Yeah. I show everything. I'm not shy to just show whatever I'm doing and people get upset. They're not always happy with what I've done or how I've done it. It's amazing. I will do a job and I will show it and it's done. Like the job is done and I've done it successfully, but you have like 80 people saying you should have done it this way. And I'm like, did you see the video? The job's done. <laughs> oh, wow. And so at that point, you're like, all right, comments are coming off. But it sounds it's like a it sounds like a balance. Like you're getting good information and then you're getting the snarky people or the, the yeah, the, you know, you have and, to learn how to weed it out. OK, because I've been yeah. fighting with that. Like my my Instagram for the Z is fairly new. I have a mm-hmm. private one because and I kept it private. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, I don't want to get any oh, yeah. or anything, right? No, there was a point where I was like, okay, we're going private. But then I thought, what's the point then? I mean, if I'm going to do this and I'm just right. showing everything, we just kind of have to ride it out and kind of figure out what the balance is. And I'm still working on that because it's not always fun and easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I have to ask you, cause like we're, we're acknowledging like, yes, there is some crap right? Mm-hmm. There's there's some BS, there's some comments, there's some people telling you what you ought to do, what you should do. Here, let me mansplain this to you. Like all of that kind of stuff like does happen. So yes. it's how how to get through that because that's the thing that intimidates people. <clears throat> that they like they start asking questions and maybe the first person they ask questions to shuts them down or makes fun of them or laughs at them or just dominates, right? And doesn't take that time. And they get intimidated by it. So how, like, you put yourself out there, you you both in your own ways are putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. learning as you go, asking the questions, sometimes getting crap, sometimes getting support. How have you pushed through and, and not let that bother you? Have you hit 40 yet, Annie? Because that's where it starts. <laughs> what? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm past 40. My yeah. F gene is in full force. I don't right. care what people say. Okay, say that again. Say that again, Annie. I don't care. Yeah. You said your your given F gene is no, kicked don't in. Give don't F give an F. Right. Like, all right. Don't give an F gene. I've said that all the time. As you as you're 40 yeah. and mm-hmm. you continue into your 40s, our given F gene dies. Mm-hmm. And our don't um, give an F grows. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, it really does start at 40, I feel like. But then mm-hmm. I hear yeah. a lot of these younger girls, too. We were, we were potentially going to have a young, like, 14-year-old join us tonight. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to. I know. We're going to have to have her on again at some point. Because she's also taking on a build on her own. Uh, obviously, a newbie. She's 14. Um, mm-hmm. but, but so I was really interested to hear that different perspective. Because there are some of the younger folks, too, that are like, I don't care. Like, I just don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but well, you can you can learn that, too. And some some learn that you can just, like, tune all that out. But unfortunately, uh, for a lot of us, we feel like we need to listen to everybody. Yes, but guess true. what? You don't. <laughs> true. Very true. One, one good, like, thinking about, okay, so that the give the, that gene that turns on at 40, <laughs> the other one that turns off. I'm going to go with that, with the scientific approach. I think, like, in my case, my daughter, who's 23, and she has it turned on. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't give. No, she doesn't let things get past her. And she will try everything and do everything. 
And it's this fearlessness that she has. And I don't know if it's riding horses or whatever, whatever. I don't know what, where it came from. Maybe me. I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, it totally came from you. <laughs> but now watching her, it's like, and she's been mentoring other people her age <clears throat> the same way. Like, yeah. you, you're resilient. You got this. You can do this. You know, you can do whatever you want. Don't listen to those guys. Just ignore them. You know, she's she's pretty, pretty, pretty good about it. That's awesome. Well, I think so, so many young ladies also or women or, or just, you know, this is just a general thought you're waiting for someone to give you permission. Mm. Say, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Like the first time I bought, you know, tools for this, I was like, can I do this? I'm buying like this big welder is like, do I have to show like credentials to buy this? No, they just, you can go and buy it. And so I think that's a big part is we need to teach our, our young women that you don't need to ask permission to do something that you're passionate about. Just go and find the tools and find the people that will help and support you. Yeah. yeah. Annie, how did, yeah. I have a question for Annie. How did, did you learn welding? Like, did you learn it on your own or what did, how did you do that? <laughs> no, very luckily about four years ago, a friend asked me, she said there was a woman's welding course at the college, okay. uh, just the local college. And she wanted to do it. And she invited me to go and do it. And I'm really grateful that she did because if I think I hadn't had that under my belt, I would have looked at this project and said, no way, if I have to learn welding now too, there's no chance I'm going to do it. So I'm actually mm. really grateful that that was very serendipitous. Oh, very awesome. nice. Very nice. I'm yeah. curious. Do you think you would have taken it if it wasn't a women's only welding class? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell, tell me about, talk to me about why. Cause I get that question a lot. Like why have all female builds? Why does that matter? Mm. Why? Did you do it as an all-female class, but you wouldn't have otherwise? Well, I'll I'll say this. I can hang with the guys. I mean, that's not a hard thing for me to do. Yeah. I can hang with the guys. And sure. after a while, they get to know me. They know I can do what I can do. But I think I didn't want to take it as a class because you just get that, you know, you get a male instructor or other male uh, uh, classmates, and they just want to do it for you. And you don't mm. learn anything that way. So I think that that it being a women's class, you're there with other women in a very similar, very similar feeling sort of class where everyone is uh, kind of in the same boat and, and wanting to learn, but, you know, has been maybe too, too timid to, or too, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I think for sure it being a women's class and a female instructor that made a big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. It's hard to explain that to people. I, I think it's really hard to convey the challenges that face women coming in as newbies <clears throat> when they don't know something. Like it's it's one thing to not know something and learn something new. It's another thing to not know something in a in a world that you are not necessarily supposed to want to be in. Right. Um, <laughs> or maybe not welcome, or like you just feel really intimidated by it. And I think traditionally automotive, welding, the trades in general have been careers that women have not felt encouraged to be mm -hmm. present, to put it nicely. <laughs> so exactly. having that opportunity is really great. 
have you experienced much of that? I mean, online, obviously you deal with some of it, but you know, you go into parts stores and figuring out what you want to order and what you want to buy. And what have, what's your, been your experience there? For me, the parts stores have, have been kind of funny because they <laughs> ignore, and then I start ordering something that seems a little odd. Oh, that's a nice car. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Oh, let me tell you all about my build. And then I sit there and listen to their story <laughs> about what they're doing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hey, gotta go. But it's always about that. Like, that's been the, my experience there, yeah. <laughs> that is definitely people want to talk about their builds you know that right like the minute you let somebody that's talk true, about their builds true. you're gonna see all it's like asking like like asking a mom to see pictures of their kids right like you or dad let me not be sexist right <laughs> oh yeah that's true oh man yes <laughs> <laughs> How about, how about you, Annie? I'm curious because the Volkswagen world is like a little bit, I feel like a little bit different, especially air-cooled Volkswagen. It's a bunch of old hippies mostly. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've never encountered, like, the, the guys that are out there working on their Volkswagens, they're, like, so supportive and so, like, awesome to, like, interact with. You can always tell when you're interacting with someone who's, like, working on his Volkswagen, uh, especially, like, online. They're just, like... They're super, like you said, they're just like old hippies, but they're all super yeah. rad and super like supportive. And the yeah. thing I love is there's like no gatekeeping of information. Mm. They just want to share everything that they know. So that's yeah. one of the nice things about Instagram is like when you have those questions, everyone wants to share, you know, the specifics of everything. So, yeah. so that's been really nice. So do you find that in the Z community, Sky? Definitely. Absolutely. I yeah, think it's a cult I, following cars. It, get it is a cult following car. It definitely. And once it, the first <laughs> person that reached out to me that was outside of my personal life and was in the Z community wanted women to show their cars. And then I saw what they meant by that. And it wasn't really. <laughs> it was. And what they did wanted, they mean by that, Sky? <laughs> they wanted women to um, lay on their cars and show their car, their Z cars. And so I was like, yeah, no. <clears throat> um, but then I had another group, um, which was so fat. They, I mean, they're like, was it Dotson Parks? And it's, well, anyways, they sent me um, a katana badge. So it says, um, Z fair lady, but written in Japanese. So it's in Katana. And they sent me like little Nissan cars and they were promoting me. And it was like, what? Like, this is amazing. It was great. It was so I find I find I found both. But the Z it is a cult community. And it is like, do you have a 280Z? Do you have a 240Z? Do you have a 260Z? You know, like, <laughs> like even even admitting that my Z is automatic. Is not a good thing. It's automatic. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a cassette player in it, which is awesome. <laughs> so I think the moral of this story, the takeaway is if you are going to take on a full build as somebody who doesn't know anything about cars, get into a car that is a, has a cult community behind it. Because there, there's a difference there, right? Like oh, I yeah. definitely noticed a difference in like the broader car community when I was first coming up versus <clears throat> the Volkswagen community. Like the Volkswagen community was like, come on, let's, let's rebuild your engine together. Let's teach you all the things we know. And the general broader automotive industry was a little bit um, 
less enthusiastic, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> right. Right. So go for a car with a cult following. That's the moral oh, of the yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. I know somebody that's rebuilding a neon. At, at what? <laughs> yeah. That's like, challenging. That, yeah. Like <laughs> what? I mean, like, I'm so proud. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a question from the audience that I want to ask you guys. Um, what has been the worst advice that you've ever gotten? Mm. <laughs> mm. Like, did you All have anybody? Oh, no. <laughs> no, any. <laughs> I don't know if I've had worst advice, but just people who insist that their way is right. Mm. That's clearly not the case. I mean, I know for certain things there is a right way, but especially with what I'm doing right now, there's kind of a lot of ways to do it. So anybody who comes at me insisting that their way is the right way and the only way is pretty bad advice. I feel like that's a great, that's a great rule of thumb, right? (laughs) Like, if the advice you're being given is coming from somebody saying this is the only way, yeah, everybody else is wrong, yeah, yeah, then it's it's probably not great advice. That's, that's a good that's a good measuring stick. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sky, have you gotten any bad advice? Yes, and it is you should be done. <laughs> what? <laughs> In, in, in at least within a few months, you should be done. And I just was not your not your project, but okay. <laughs> like, should be done for what? <laughs> I feel like that's another great rule of thumb. If the sentence starts with "you should," mm. <laughs> don't <laughs> should on me. Yeah. It's not nice to should on people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, how about let's flip it around. What's been your best advice that you've gotten? Either technical or emotional, <laughs> mental. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be, um, I'm not sorry. Not sorry, not sorry is that I should go experience real game and go up to Phoenix <clears> and <throat> hang out with and work on the build. That was the best advice because without that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have learned so much stuff. and. I wouldn't have met so many women and felt free to explore this, you know, this environment. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So sometimes shoulds are okay. (laughs) (laughs) You should go up there. And then I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Annie. Uh, I think best advice for me is just um, keep going. Mm. But I think really, really, when people come and and give me advice and they say, just keep doing what you're doing, you're on the right track, follow your intuition and just keep going. And and that's honestly the best advice and the best like support, because some days you don't feel like you want to keep going, (laughs) especially when you've been doing this rust repair for months on end. You just think (laughs) I'm just going to put this away for a while. But, you know. I don't want to lose momentum. So I get a lot of good support that way and advice just saying, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you'll get it. Okay. So realistically, how often are you able to write when you have a business? Okay. Well, Annie, you have a business guy, you have a job. How often Mm -hmm. are you actually working on your bills? 
I don't really have a job right now because <laughs> so, so I can usually make two helmets a month, but my okay. guy that supplies me with the base kits. Um, so these are resin cast and oh. molds just, they wear out. And so he's in the process of like remolding uh, a cast to be used. So basically I haven't had work since the beginning of January. Oh. And so I'm just like, I better go out every day that I can. And so basically I'm out there almost every day, like three or four times a week for a few hours because wow. I'm like, I don't know when this little gravy train is going to end here. So let's just like, <laughs> in. Um, okay. But you're kind of working at like a full-time job right now. You're working your restoration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. But, but typically if I were working like once a week for a couple hours. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Sky? That's about what I'd say right now is once a week for a couple hours, maybe less. I caught myself not wanting to go in because I get stuck, but I started to realize that I can move to a different part of the project. Like I'm mm. stuck on the engine right now. Mm. And I was like, well, all the weather stripping needs to be replaced <laughs> so I can do that. Um, and then it's been busy. We've been, I've been very busy for a while. Um, yeah. And exhausted and not, not being able to get there so so now i'm starting to realize i just need to like just walk into the garage and then annie you're not going to like this but i get really cold <laughs> so when it drops below like 70 degrees i can't go in my what because it's too cold <laughs> hey it was 40 degrees here today see i feel like no it's too cold to go in the garage there's no way there's no way <laughs> No <laughs> what I wouldn't give for 70 degrees <laughs> is your garage climate controlled though Annie yeah it is though yeah okay so there okay. you go <laughs> yeah, mine's not <laughs> so it's it's like 60 in the garage and I have oh, to go 60. in there oh. right. yeah, I know <laughs> okay so I want to talk about this though like you brought up a really good point the sky of like you know you get into this place sometimes where you're like I just I'm frustrated. I don't want to do it. I'm overwhelmed by this particular thing I'm working on. Annie, you've been in metal work for, for eternity. Like you're feeling just kind of done with that to a degree. Like how, how do you overcome that? I think this applies to anybody who has a project car at all, right? Male, female, young, old, experienced, inexperienced. It doesn't matter. Like we all come against that. Like, ugh, like I don't want us. And, and how do you, how do you get over that? I don't want us with your car? I think that as soon as I feel that I don't want to, I move to something else that I can do. I know I can do. I know I can rip the carpet out and that's going to feel really good right now because I don't want to do anything to do with the engine. Um, and so it's it's keeping motivation towards doing the project. And then as I start ripping the carpet out, my brain starts thinking, well, maybe you should look at, at this, you know, with the engine, or maybe you should look at that with the engine, or maybe you should Google this question or look at, you know, as I'm ripping stuff out and scrubbing the bottom of the, of the floor, like just doing all of that stuff. And it's keeping my brain engaged in the project. And even not, I'm not forgetting that I have this engine issue, but I'm not physically and actively working on the engine. I'm using my brain to process that. I think that's um, yeah. super valuable, right? It's the mm -hmm. walk away, right? Mm -hmm. Like walk away from that piece mm -hmm. and then you'll come up with the answer. Mm -hmm. 
Did you yeah. learn that coping mechanism? Did you learn that in science? Did you learn that in life? Did the automotive world teach you that? Like, yeah. where did that lesson come from for you? That's definitely from science. Um, definitely from science because you, science, what we read in the newspapers and what we read from things that worked and, and this works, there are so many other things that didn't work. And there's so much failure. Like I can't begin to tell you how much failure there there is in science. And it's none of our doing. It's just because it's science and it doesn't want a science. Like <laughs> that's just not how it works. So if I have a project or if I'm doing a study or an experiment and the experiment fails, <clears throat> you write that the experiment failed and you move on. And it feels heavy because you spent a lot of time invested and a lot of research invested. But you can't put out bad science. And so you're not going to make it work. You're not going to lie about it. You can't falsify the, the data. So you just, okay, this is how it is going to be. I'm, I can't change that. Yeah. I'm going to move forward. That's, I feel like that's such a valuable life lesson, right? Just in general. <clears throat> I like the answer is that it was a failure and that's a success in and of itself, right? Yeah. And and how you can then apply that in the rest of your life and has given you the confidence to come at this automotive challenge and not be intimidated and not care. I mean, I, I know you care. I know you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you care, but you keep going regardless, right? It's that idea like it's not about being fearless. It's about acting in spite of fear, right? Yes, like, yes I'm scared. I'm oh, going to yeah. do it anyway, right? <laughs> I yeah, don't want to exactly. fail, but I I know it's going to happen, so I'm going to do it anyway, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Annie, how about you? How do you get over that I don't want is? <laughs> um, for me, sometimes what helps is going back and looking at at where I've where I've been and what I've done and and looking at the progress I've made. I think that's valuable. I mean, one of the one of the purposes of the whole Instagram is thing just is just uh, to document everything. And so yeah. sometimes it's really helpful when when you think that rust repair, there's no end in sight to go back and look, well, I've done the chassis and look how beautiful my chassis is right now. And then you go out and you look at your engine. Sometimes I just go out and I start the engine. I'm like, OK, I'm hearing the engine. I can look at this body soon. Everything will be put together and you just need to distract your mind for a little while, or just have that little reminder of, of where we're going to get to eventually. And uh, I think that's helpful just to celebrate what you've done and realize that, yeah, there's still lots of road to go, but you've also covered a lot of ground already. So you have to just, keep perspective that way I think that's awesome I love that there's a theme in like what you both said right like it's both it's about perspective right mm -hmm. it's sky in your case you were kind of like giving yourself a win right mm -hmm. like this thing is is frustrating me I'm gonna walk away from it and I'm gonna do something that I know is gonna be easy mm -hmm. where I can like feel accomplished mm -hmm. and switch my gears, switch my brain, give myself that like, Ooh, okay, I'm doing good. Like I can do this. Let's go. Um, and any kind of same thing for you is like the things that you have done already mm -hmm. that are good. You're like, I, I did that. I can do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's fantastic advice for people. I think we, we all need 
to remind ourselves of those things, right? Like walk away when it when it gets rough. Yeah. And, and not walk away completely for good. Just walk away from that thing, right? Get a little just, perspective. Just walk away far enough to get perspective. Right. You, know, you right. get so so bogged down with all the details mm-hmm. and hyper-focused <laughs> on this one stupid thing. Just step back and get perspective for a minute and realize that you're doing okay. You're not exactly. like drowning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're not alone. Like, yeah, there's so many people that are going through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so many. I mean, almost everybody is going through something similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think anybody who says that they aren't is lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like anybody oh, yeah. who has done a build, new, experienced, intermediate, doesn't matter. Like anybody doing a build knows all of these experiences. We've all been there. We've all felt that. And anybody who claims to have all the answers is lying. <laughs> Don't yes. fall into that trap, guys. <laughs> Anybody who's claiming to know the all the answers is lying. Anybody mm-hmm. who claims that they don't hit these same walls and these same frustrations and these like, oh crap, I, I broke a bolt. I now I have to learn how to do that, right? <laughs> yep. Oh man, that was bad. <laughs> do so I'm all about like sharing failures. I don't consider mm. them failures. I consider them opportunities for learning, right? Mm-hmm. Um do you do you have any like good juicy ones that you can share with folks to like help normalize this? Like if you're watching this, you're not alone. We all make big old mistakes and <laughs> and it happens, right? See, <laughs> she knows. <laughs> Do you, you have want any good me to go? Yeah, you got any juicy ones? This is my greatest shame, and I'm so angry. Mm. <laughs> so I got I got done my my engine build, and as it is with Volkswagens, I've got a little bit of a oil leak. It happens, and Volkswagens I do, never leak. What are you talking? No, about? they never leak. And anyways, I'm reusing an old case. You know, it's all old parts, old sump plate, all this junk. And I just couldn't leave well enough alone. And I went to go and try and fix that stupid oil leak. And it was one of my sump plate studs. And I went to go and just put in, you know, you can get those oversized ones and fix them up a little bit. Anyways, I haven't shown it, but I will show it eventually on my Instagram because I'm all about, hey, let's share what's happening and how we're going to fix it. But instead of my sump plate stud going in right, I was just rushing and it's in crooked. (laughs) And now my oil leak is a real problem. It's not just like a little bit of an oil leak. It's a real problem now. So I couldn't leave well enough alone. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to do this one little thing. And so now I've got a big problem that I kind of have to solve. And I don't really know. I mean, if you guys have ideas, great. Let me know, but I don't really know how I'm going to fix that. But it's made me, it happened last May. It's been sitting for a really long time with that problem I need to solve. And it makes me really upset. <laughs> I really, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that for so many reasons. Like A, that it's something that where you messed up, right? Mm. And it was because you were rushing and that mm-hmm. it's frustrating you so much that you've literally done what we were just talking about, walked away from it and just yeah. left it alone. And like knowing that you are going to need to go back to it at some mm-hmm. point, like, but you keep going and you still continue to have a positive attitude about your build and mm-hmm. about all that you're doing. 
Um, well, you can't throw it out on an oil leak. I mean, right? No. No. It's going to happen. Is it the drain plug or is it the bolts that like attach the plate? Yeah, so, to the so it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the studs that go around and attach the sump plate to the bottom. So it's uh, not the drain plug. It's the whole plate. It's the plate itself. And so what I've got is it's coming out really bad just around that one stupid crooked stud. And you'll see pictures probably sometimes this spring. And I'm going to have to put it out to all the people out there and say, how do I fix this? <laughs> and I'm going to get 10,000 different ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure oh. you will in this as well. We're going to stay on after this is over. We would talk about it on this podcast, but we only have a few minutes left. So, yeah. um, but I do have a thought for you at a way that you might be able to fix it relatively, Please. relatively easily. So awesome. maybe awesome. we'll talk about it when we're done with this. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> excuse me so we we have like no time left we've used up oh. our hour um it is six o'clock already um but i do want to hear biggest f-ups we're gonna go oh, a little I... over if you guys are all right with that i'm fine with that all right, awesome <laughs> sky so mine I've, I've kind of already alluded to um i went and there was a bolt that wasn't working correctly it was my valve cover into the, the block actually it wasn't the head it was the no it was the head see i have to learn all these terms yeah. and i was just okay maybe trying to make it work and realized that it started to just not fit and i'm like okay i know i can do something about this i went to home depot bought myself a cap and die set i'm like sweet this is awesome and then i'm like okay i'm watching a video and then i start doing the, the tap and die as fast as possible i'm like okay not knowing, never they know, you have to add oil, you have to do it slowly, back it out, do it slowly, back it out, blow out the metal shavings. I know all that now, but before that, I am unusually strong, and I, apparently, and I busted the cap into the, into the head. Broke off. And at the time, I had some friends, and I was asking, what do I do? And they're like, eh. <laughs> 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 so I went back to I, I went back and bought more drills, different types of metal. Like there's no way to get it out. There's no way. I was done. So I finally took the whole head off and went to the machine shop and said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah. They were so nice. They were really, really super cool. And they put a thread cert in there and made it nice for me. But oof. That's that awesome. Idea. That's awesome that they were really nice to you. And sure. by the way, a thread cert is what we're going to be talking about, Annie. Um, yes, thank you. That's <laughs> on my list. <laughs> um, there's always there's always a way to fix everything. I I, yeah. I remember one of the women in the very first all female build telling me or asking me, she said, "How did you get so good?" at fixing all of our F-ups because, you know, when you do a build with a lot of newbies and people who don't necessarily have a lot of experience, she's like, how did you get so good at fixing all these F-ups? I'm like, because I've F'd up a lot. <laughs> like I made all those F-ups. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had to learn how to fix them. And like, mm -hmm. like Sky Story is such a great example of like you, you broke something. Okay. So now we learn how to fix the thing. And then we broke the thing trying to fix the thing. And like, now we got to deal with that. Like it's, mm -hmm. there's, there's just, but I think the power in that is learning that everything is figure outable. Mm -hmm. Even if the answer is take the head off and bring it to the machine shop. Right. Like right. 
everything is figure outable. There is a solution to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in and of itself is such a hugely empowering kind of realization. It's power yeah. in those F-ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Even why would you deny yourself the chance to learn something? Yeah. Right. You, that's how you learn, right. isn't it? Yeah. You never yeah. learn anything if you don't just catastrophically screw something up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I got a I got a good lesson lesson from the machinist too. He's like, okay, so next time. And he started there talking to me about it, which was fascinating. It was it was fantastic. It was really helpful. <laughs> okay, so fair is fair. You guys shared your biggest F ups. <clears throat> okay. Bogey. Mine is mine yep. is somewhat <laughs> similar to Annie's. I didn't I didn't put it in wrong. I just didn't <laughs> tighten it enough which is almost worse. So I was at a new dealership. All eyes were on me. I got probably one of the first jobs I got handed was a um, crank bearing recall, which was like, pull the bottom half of the engine apart, replace the crank bearings. It was a bigger job than I'd ever done because my old dealership was not very supportive of women being mechanics, so they never gave me good jobs. So I was terrified of this whole job and stayed late and did the whole thing and like was horrified about the whole thing. Got it all <laughs> back together, perfectly fine. Engine ran great. Just didn't tighten the drain plug <laughs> tight <laughs> enough. <laughs> so about, I don't know how many miles later, the car comes back on a tow hook And I'm like, oh, my God, I blew up the engine. I messed up the crank bearings. Like, I did something horribly wrong. No, it just ran out of oil because the drain plug backed out and all of the oil came out. But have you ever made that mistake ever again? Nope. There you go. (laughs) Okay, but then a week later, I made the opposite mistake because I was so terrified (laughs) about leaving it too loose. And BMW has hollow drain plugs. They're like... They're hollow on the inside, so they're kind of thin. And if you over torque them, they will break off. Oh, so I broke off yep. one because I was trying to. You yeah, what? So. You did the extremes. Yeah, right. exactly. We learned. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so we have zero time left. We've gone <laughs> over. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit. We could probably talk for like hours on this, but I want a final final question for each of you. We both, we all three of us kind of talked about you hit 40, you're given F, Gene dies, you start to feel a little bit more empowered to take on challenges. If you had the opportunity to go back and talk to little baby Annie, little baby Sky, or another (laughs) little girl like you out there um, who wants to be doing what you're doing, what are your words of advice to her? Let's start with you, Annie. Uh, My words of advice uh, would be be brave, be confident, and let her rip. Like, just don't, like, like, it's the don't give an F gene. But I think the be brave and be confident is really important. And I know that some people are kind of born with those sort of skills, but that's just it. Being, ba- being brave and being confident are just skills. And you can learn how to do those things. And I think the sooner the, you can learn how to do those two things, it'll serve you really well in every aspect of your life. And you know, just don't be afraid. I think there's so much that we hold ourselves back from because we're too afraid to, to, to ask the question or give ourselves permission or any of those reasons that, that hold us back. But that would be my advice is just be brave, be confident. And if you're not those things, learn how to be those things. 
Right. I like that a lot. Yeah. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, Miss Sky, what are your right. words? Well, I'm going to throw a little Star Wars into this because Annie's on here. <laughs> so, you know, I love it. Well, there's this quote that goes around. What is it? Do, do or not do? There is no try. Do or do not. There is no try. I know it. But that's, but that's not. And I'm like, why? No, you should try. And then to me, that quote is is kind of flawed. Excuse me, Yoda. I apologize, but it is. I mean, you you are doing when you're trying, and you're not doing when you're not trying. So it's it's you just have that feel like that freedom to just try something and and give yourself the grace to be able to mess up and give yourself the freedom to fail. Because that's where you learn. You know, we didn't we didn't know how to walk as soon as we were born. We fell a million times. We don't remember, but eventually we continued and kept going. And our bodies and our brains took over and taught us how to actually walk. And it's the same with anything. You want to learn something? Try it. You want to do something? Try it. And also, find your people. I'm going to say that, too. Because when you have a network of people are doing the same thing that you're you're doing or interested in it helps a lot it helps a lot yeah finding finding your tribe 100 mm -hmm. makes a huge difference finding your people finding your crew finding your allies right mm -hmm. at the end of the day um and i i love that those are both fantastic pieces of advice um i love talking with you both i feel like we could talk for another two hours easily um, let's do it episode I, two I, I know right <laughs> <laughs> i know maybe we're gonna have to start doing like bonus uh like where we just keep going longer and uh, <laughs> that might have to happen at some point yeah, maybe. Um, but for right now i will be respectful of your time i'll be respectful of everybody who's watching and their time as well thank you guys so so very much for tuning in um i uh let's see how am i gonna do this um i don't know how to do this i'm learning i'm learning okay um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in thanks to annie and sky for joining and sharing their experiences um as always you can go back and listen to all of the past episodes um anywhere where you get uh podcasts you can also watch all of the past episodes on my instagram account at bogey's garage um and every monday you are going to see a new archived episode live streamed on YouTube. I will be live there in the comments with you guys. You can watch the past episodes and we can chat in the comments. Um, and then of course, every Wednesday, there will always be a brand new episode with another incredible tradeswoman. We've got some great people lined up for the coming months. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you're following this channel. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit the alerts. Make sure you're following us on social media as well. And definitely go check out these two ladies and follow them on their social media feeds follow along on their journeys as they rebuild their cars uh again big thank you to drive time for supporting with her two hands and until next week guys be good to yourselves be good to one another and we'll see you later <laughs>